You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the U.S., and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Therapy for Your Money. Today, we're talking about getting media attention for your practice with Esther Boykin. Uh, So Esther is a group practice owner, and she has been a guest on many, many, many uh, TV shows like Good Morning Washington, Fox 5 DC, The Today Show, and she's also been on three seasons of The Real Housewives of Potomac, which is one of my guilty pleasure shows. Um, And I met Esther when she was an adjunct professor at Virginia Tech teaching uh, the business of therapy. She no longer does that, but we have kept in touch since then. So Esther, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah, so you um, have done so much TV work in the past, and that has been uh, one of the, the ways that you've grown your practice. So that's what I wanted to chat about today. So, so tell me about like, how did you start even uh, with TV appearances? That's a good question. I, to, I was like, oh, where did I start? So <laughs> interestingly enough, I had a friend, oh gosh, it was like a lot of years ago at this point. I had a friend who was in, you know, she was like a publicist, mostly worked in art and fashion, was trying to sort of like expand her niche essentially into doing some other things. I have always been interested. I, you know, my career started at a time where like therapy was more and more on TV. Like you were seeing more therapists as experts on new shows and you were seeing them pop up on VH1 had that show like couples therapy. There are all these things kind of happening. So I just had an interest in kind of doing that. I'd watch those shows and be like, oh, I have opinions as I think most therapists do. <laughs> um, and so we started talking about it. And I think with from her, I learned a lot about pitching. Interestingly enough, how I actually ended up on television was from Twitter, one of the, which I'm still really good friends with and continue to work with a lot, one of the segment producers from Good Morning Washington reached out and was like, hey, we've got an upcoming segment for Back to School, saw some of your tweets, wondering if like you've ever done this before, if you're interested. And probably my top tip is be like, just say yes and be enthusiastic and I can do it. Like in my head, I was like, I've never done this. I thought I wanted to do this. How do I do this? But my response was like, of course. I would love to talk about this. I have so many ideas. I can't wait. And that's kind of how it started. I was I was on a segment like five days later talking about something related to back to school. I can't remember. I just know it was in September. Okay. So if someone asks you, have you ever done this? Just do it and yeah. figure it all out later. Yeah. Okay. Well, and so that's how you got started and how so that obviously involved into more. Like, how do you use that intentionally now to promote your practice and all the other things that you do? So one of the things that I was doing even before TV, which actually I think is helpful, um, it's both in terms of practicing skills, but also meeting more people is I used to um, use a service called Help a Reporter Out. So it's basically an email list where you get these emails like three times a day and it's freelance writers looking for experts to quote in their stories but it taught me how to write pitches and how to like respond with three to five clear, concise kind of talking points. And so that really 
helped me to be, I think, a better guest. And a lot of this is nurturing relationships. So after that first segment, I did what I usually do in all my other networking kinds of things. I followed up. I was like, hey, I had a really good time. I'd love to chat with you. You know, I'd love to come on again if there's other opportunities. I think a big part of it is not being shy about that. So like, reach out, thank them for having you on. If you're not sure how it went, thanks for feedback. Like, hey, I had a great time. Just wanted to make sure, like, did you feel like that went well? Is there something I can do better next time? And and then pitch, pitch producers. Okay, so so you learn how to uh, like pitch something that you thought would be of interest to them. Yeah. How did yeah. you develop that? So it is it's a combination of, and I think it's a, it looks a little different when you're first starting out. So if you haven't done any or very much of like media stuff, you kind of just want to you almost want to say yes to anything as long as it you feel like you can do a good job. And so thinking about what's timely and then offering tips that feel evergreen. As an example, let's say, you know, it's the beginning of the year, it's January. So people are thinking about resolutions, goal setting. Maybe they're thinking about weight loss. Maybe they're, you know, that's kind of collectively what's happening in like media and like the, you know, society. We're all kind of focused on those things. But you you don't want to pitch something that's like, I don't know, back to school tips because it's January. So if it's January, you want to pitch and say like, hey, here's a fresh take on New Year's resolutions. Like one year I think I did, instead of thinking about what you want to be different for the new year, here's an approach to how can you, what do you want to carry forward from the year before? Okay. And then it was, here's three to five talking points. Talking points are two to three sentences of tangible things people can take away that make for good sound bite. Um, and then really it's just sort of sending that email and saying like, I think it'd be great. Here's what we could talk about. Here's a slightly different angle than maybe you've thought about or other people are doing right now. Here are my, like three talking points or five talking points. Okay. And so if someone doesn't have already that relationship, like how would they start? Like, because I would imagine the first one is probably the hardest to get, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It feels like it's never going to happen and people are ignoring you. And then all of a sudden someone says yes. So there's a, there are a variety of ways. I think, you know, you can... Get on, particularly vocal shows, you can get on their website and oftentimes figure out who is the, you're looking for segment producer, associate producer, assistant producer. You're not looking for executive producers because they don't typically book talent. Okay. Usually who's booking talent are that there's people who are responsible for producing an hour of like a morning show. That's the person who's looking for who do we bring on as a guest expert for various topics and approach it from the place of, I want to be helpful. Like, if you think about it, if you watch something like the Today Show or Good Morning Washington, it's hours of content every single day. It's a lot of work to come up with stories that feel fresh and interesting and people who will be like fun on camera. So think of it as like, I want to help you make your life a little bit easier. Another place that can be really good is just social media. So in terms of figuring out where are these people, because okay. following follow your local news anchors and then take a look at who they're following. Most of the time they're following their segment producer, right? Like the people involved with their show that they work with closely every day are also part of the people who they typically are following or who might be commenting on if they're posting a clip from like that morning or something. And so that'll help you to kind of figure out like, oh, who are the people I need to know? If there are people who typically don't have a ton of followers, right? Because they're not they're behind the camera, not in front of the camera, and then just DM them. 
it's from, okay. you know, yeah. And Almost so it's like professional dating. And really you're yeah. in a way you're helping them, right? Cause they have to come up with so much stuff. So if you're just coming uh, to them with some fun, interesting new topics, that's actually helpful to them. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I like it. Um, so do you think a therapist needs media training to get started? think that you need formal I don't think you necessarily need formal media training I think to be honest I think it takes a little bit of self-reflection you know as a therapist you know where your strengths lie like I have a colleague actually one of the therapists who's in the cohort you had mentioned like the business of therapy one of the therapists in my current cohort of that program is very clear he's like I'm an introvert and my tendency is if you don't like the way I do things then no malice, but I would rather just like not participate. Like I'll send you to somebody who can. He's like, that doesn't make me good on air. Okay. Especially something like that's not like a morning show, but like, you know, an unscripted show, a reality show or something like that. It's a lot of negotiating as a professional, here's my lines, as a producer, you have other goals, where do we meet in the middle? And so for him, it was like recognizing, oh, that's not my strength and I don't wanna, I don't want to do that enough to work at it. And so like, if you know that you get nervous in front of the camera, you're nervous speaking um, publicly, then it's definitely worth investing in some media training. If people tell you that you should be on TV or on the radio, you probably already have the personality and kind of that natural enthusiasm when you um, talk about your work that you don't necessarily need to invest in it on the front end to be good at this. Okay, got it. Um, and so you in your business, you have obviously the group practice, you also do some consulting and speaking engagements. So how has being on various segments, how has that boosted your revenue in all of those businesses? So I will say, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is being intentional, which if you're just getting started, like I said, it's a lot of just sort of saying yes, so that you get the TV experience so that you have clips so that if you get comfortable pitching. But once you've done a little bit, I think being intentional about what you say yes to is, or the segments that you're pitching is helpful. I think early on, it definitely increased like the visibility of my practice, particularly local shows. It's a local audience. So like they were more aware that we existed, but the more I've honed in on doing things that were, let's say, not about children and parenting, because I don't actually do that kind of clinical work and while my practice offers some of that, it's not our core um, client base. And doing more around relationships or adult family dynamics, then all of a sudden we were seeing a lot more referrals to the practice that turned into clients who were going to pay money. So I think you want to be a little intentional about that. Um, coaching and consulting, definitely I will say like doing housewives, doing the shows with larger audiences has been really helpful in terms of like, running things like the business of therapy coaching program or consulting just one-on-one -on -one with different therapists as well as some of our non-clinical stuff so like i also do i have a division to the practice called therapy is not a dirty word where we do like live events we do happy hours we do dinners we do workshops and i feel like in previous years that's where i saw the biggest kind of actual like revenue building was because those sort of offerings those services or events really were geared towards a much wider audience and so okay. everybody who watched tv it made a lot of sense like everybody was happy to like come to happy hour where i had to kind of be a little more thoughtful about 
as I do more relationship oriented television, this like this last year, it was a big increase in referrals. Like almost all the therapists in my practice got new clients after this season of, of Housewives. Of Housewives. And, yeah. And we don't, even though I'm saying be intentional, sometimes we also just don't have control over them. One of the things that I noticed this, this season, the sessions that were on were focused on things that really, I think, resonated with a wider range of people. Like in previous seasons, I was doing a lot more couple relationship work. This was a season where we were focused on how does your childhood impact conflict and anger? And that is something that resonated for a lot of people and turned into a lot of new clients for the practice. And um, just because you and I have talked about this before, I know when you're filming a day of Housewives, like you might be filming for a full eight hours and yet that's going to turn into like a three minute segment, right? Or a five yeah. minute. So you do you do you know exactly which piece they're going to use or you or, or not really? Not really. And so I think, which is something else that I think as therapists, you kind of have to decide how you feel about, there is a little element of risk. And I, not so much like, not legally or ethically necessarily, um, assuming you like you're doing your due diligence around that, but how you and, and your therapy might be portrayed particularly again, as you're working with things like reality shows is like you said, I might do a two and a half or three hour session and they're going to cut that down to about three and a half minutes. I don't know what that looks like. Not everybody's going to love what they see. Um, and am I okay with that based on the potential return um, of investment on it as well? Got it. And so it sounds like it, it has increased referrals to the entire practice, but has it also allowed you to increase like your own rate? Because I would imagine there's a lot of people who come in and say, I specifically want to work with Esther. Does that increase your rate pretty significantly too? It definitely does. Okay. Um, you know, and I think, you know, which I'm sure because you and I work together, I know that I'm sure you talk to people about, you know, some of it is it's getting comfortable with that, right? Like, there are people who call and they're like, I don't care. Like I'll sit on a wait list for six months until Esther has an opening. Like, and so I think one of the challenges and you and I have worked together. And so I'm sure that people who listen to the podcast have probably heard you already talk about, like, you have to get comfortable being able to increase your rates and recognizing that your time is becomes more valuable because one of the things, and I think this is a question people need to ask is, how much do you want media to be a part of your your career, essentially? Doing things like reality TV, though, is um, a much more significant time commitment. So I also don't have the room to see as many clients if I want to do that kind of television work. So it is helpful that people are willing to pay a premium for my appointments and I'm clear that I want to do more of that. So I charge more um, because it allows me to free up more like hours in a week. I would definitely advocate for things for morning shows in particular um, as a really sweet spot because you may need to be at the studio for about an hour, but it's not the same as like doing um, like, as you said, like with Housewives where it's a lot of time on the phone prepping and then essentially eight hours a day because they got to come in and they got to do lighting and they got to do all this other set. And then you film for a couple of hours and then go home. So morning shows a lot, it sounds like a lot less of a time commitment, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I want to circle back, right? Like as far as uh, pricing yourself, I think I'm a big advocate for the 
owner of the practice always to have a higher rate, especially in a obviously in a private pay situation than than the rest of the team. Uh, but when there's kind of some star power to it, I think that's even more important that that people shouldn't be able to see you for the same rate as everyone else, right? I don't think that makes um, sense. And so you're in a situation where you've got a pretty significant wait list, right? I am. I am. Um, which which is a little bit of a it's nice and it's flattering and sometimes it's a little bit of a struggle the therapist in me wants to see all those clients sure and the business owner in me is also clear that like i just don't have the bandwidth to see all those clients and manage a practice so esther do you have any tips for being a good guest on any kind of tv show yes probably my number one tip is energy which for people who know me in my like normal day-to-day life i would call myself like a quiet extrovert (laughs) <laughs> I enjoy people, but I am not by any means like life of the party, center stage, uh, especially morning shows. Like watch those shows. People are like, they're big and they're bright and they, you know, and so you want to be yourself, but it's sort of like, if you think of your best self and then turn that dial up like five or six levels. Well, up five or six levels, that is a lot. And it, it's funny because you do have such a, a calm, quiet energy in, in like in everyday life, but you yeah. dial it up really well. You really do. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, I hope that I'm a pretty good example of like dialing it up doesn't have to mean being somebody that you're not. Like you mm. don't have to be like, everybody else that you see on TV. Like, I mean, we all see other therapists on TV and like, they're really just being a turned up version of whoever they are. My mantra is actually my best friend in graduate school. I remember being so nervous before I had to defend my thesis and her advice to me then was, she was like, you are the smartest person in the room for this conversation. No one in this room knows more about this topic than you do. And it's kind of the nice thing about being the expert guests, they don't have this information. So walk into the room, not that you're better than people, but like they're asking you questions that are based on what you are the expert in. They're not going to challenge you. So you get to, to bring that level of confidence in with you and don't be afraid to ask questions. That is so good. I didn't think about that, but it's, yeah, that's a great, that's a great, great tip. Um, all right. I have one last question for you. I asked this of all of my guests. What is your favorite business book and why? Oh, I have two. Sure. So the E-Myth, that was, I sort of wish I had read it before starting my, starting the practice with my business partner, but it was probably the, it was the most helpful book. And currently my current favorite other book is called The Courage Solution, which is a lot about, it's basically a book about leadership. It's, it's a former marriage and family therapist who got into corporate consulting. Oh, very interesting. Okay, so we'll link to both of those in the in the show notes. Um, and so Esther, you also have a coaching program uh, called the Business of Therapy, and I find it super interesting that you it, you adapted your course from Virginia Tech into a coaching program. And so you just uh, finished a cohort. Do you want to tell us a little bit about about the program um, and how to register for the next cohort? Absolutely. I, I, I loved teaching the business of therapy when I was at tech. And I had a lot of guests that came in to talk to my students was like, 
I wish I had this in grad school. Frankly, I wish I still had this now. And so I, I took kind of the fundamentals that I was teaching and developed that for therapists who are much further along in their careers, who want to have a career that is both really profitable and still feels really purposeful, like whatever it is that your passion is. I think that there are a lot of therapists who are really creative and want to do interesting things in the way that we serve like the community or our clients. And so that's kind of the focus is like, I really walk through so the three month program. We do 12 or I should say 12 weeks because we normally start at the beginning of a month. Um, and we basically cover four core areas. So um, we start by being really clear. Where is it that you're trying to go? Like what's the center of your professional life? What are the foundational things? Um, so money and time and, and support systems and all of that kind of stuff. We do a whole section on media. So beyond just being on TV, podcasts, writing. Social media. Social media. You just need lots of engagement and it doesn't matter how many followers you have. So we talk a lot about that. Um, and then how to sustain that, like the longevity, like how do we take balance our, our personal lives with our professionals. So the next cohort will start September 1st or the first week of September, but registration opens May 1st. One of the things that I'm seeing on is maintaining a small community. There's tons of big groups, big therapist groups, Facebook and LinkedIn. And I think that when we do this kind of work, it's nice to have like a small group of people where you can really kind of get a lot more of my expertise, but also feel really connected to the people in your cohorts and, and learn from them as they're learning from you. So uh, you can find out more at estherboykin.com slash business of therapy. But yeah, um, the new applications open up. I think it's set to open up May 1st. It's all automated. So perfect. But definitely go there and check it out. I would love to have some new um, fascinating therapists to join me. We will link to that. Um, and who's who might be a good fit for the for the coaching group? Um, like as far as uh, where are they in their career? Are they a solo therapist or their group group practice owner? Um, does it matter? doesn't matter as much. I think the best fit are for therapists who, if there's a part of your like professional goals that you feel a little nervous to tell other therapists about, or find like when you tell other therapists, like this is where you want to go, um, they look at you like you're kind of crazy or I don't, that's cool. But I don't know how you would get there. Or you're like, not sure that this is like doable. You're looking for, I think, an environment that says you can kind of do almost anything as a therapist, whatever that is. Maybe that's just taking your group practice to the next level. Maybe it's, you know, finding a way to combine that with running a practice and being a clinician. That That's the kind of therapist that I think is going to find the most value out of this program. Perfect. That's super specific, um, but I love it. I think that's really helpful too. All right. So we can find you at um, estherboykin.com. Esther does coaching and you can also find the business of therapy there. Esther, thank you so much for coming on. I loved having you. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. 
Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.